Welcome. You're listening to the Heritage Podcast. To learn more about Heritage, including meeting times and upcoming events, visit us online at www.heritageff.org. Now, let's get into today's podcast. Creates great change. And, you know, uh, people will add and do, they'll either add and multiply in your life or they'll subtract and divide. You've got to, you make your choice in life. You choose your friends. It says in Proverbs 27, 19, a mirror reflects a man's face, but what he is really like is shown by the kind of friends he chooses. Your friends reflect, reflect reflection of you because you have similar likes and dislikes. You have similar interests and things, so you are choosing your friends. Friendships are your choice. Many choose their friends according to people on their job, somebody at school, somebody in the neighborhood. But you've got to really make wise choices in friendships. And it could be a family member. I'm not saying it's not. That could be it. But there again, it has to be of wise counsel and wise guidance. And this is a very important thing. It's like choosing a marriage. most important thing you make in your life is first to receive Jesus and then who you marry. That's why I told him, I'm not going to date you because it's going in the wrong place. It's not going where I'm going. We're in different directions. And I knew that right away. I had that knowing without knowing it scripturally. I knew it in my heart. I was headed in a different direction. I had different interests, different loves. And so if he wasn't going to be a part of what I loved, then I couldn't love him. So that's important. Do, you, the, do your friends love what you love? Do they love Jesus? That's so important. And so that's why we had to cut ourselves off from our early friends. They were friends from high school. Friends we were with for a few years, partying with, having fun with. But it wasn't fun anymore because it was a different lifestyle. Our, it's like our eyes were open and we saw the lifestyle they, they had was not the lifestyle we had chosen. So we had to let them go. So again, a mirror will reflect your face. But what you really like is shown by the kind of friends you choose. You can see that up there. It's, um, that's the Living Bible. Now, from here on out, I'll be sharing out of the Amplified. But I like that out of the Living Bible, the way it's worded. And uh, so important of what you choose. You've got to realize that people have access into your life on a regular basis. They're leaving an impression that will benefit you and your family. Uh, or bring harm to you and your family. You're not just letting them in your life, but you're letting them into, if you have children or grandchildren, you're letting them into everything around you, your immediate family, if you're letting them into your life. You're opening the door to them to have access. They have your phone number. They have your address. They come into your home. um, There's so many things that we've done in our home to protect it and protect our children. Uh, We had family members that weren't living right, and so we had to cut ourselves off from family members. Uh, I, we came, one time, I, this was years ago, uh, we, my brother came home from the, military, from the military. He was stationed in Scotland. And he, um, he, he was at our house staying when he first got there, I believe. That's how we remember. It's been so long. This is over 40 years ago, probably. And uh, he, he was selling a car that he had shipped over. And on the phone, on our phone which is a landline, <laughs> he tells the person, well, just put this amount so you don't have a you know, used tax thing. And I, I heard him, and I went and told Art. And Art told him, you're not going to make those kind of calls on our phone. We, we don't lie here. We don't cheat. We live in integrity. If you're staying with us, you're going to live there. Because people, when they move in with you, they bring everything. They bring their lifestyle. They bring their pets. 
They, they bring their garbage. You know, they bring everything. So that's another thing to be cautious. That's one thing we've been cautious. We don't, haven't allowed a lot of people to live with us because we have our own family, just us four and no more. <laughs> now, we've had our kids come live with us, you know, off and on at times, but that's different. They're, they're our kids. And my dad, you know, he's with us now. But, you know, he, he's, uh, he always celebrates our life in God. He loves Jesus. I wouldn't have had him come live with me if he didn't serve the Lord, honestly. I really wouldn't have. I, I, I would have put him in a home. <laughs> that sounds mean, but I, what can I say? If he didn't serve the Lord, I can't have him in my home. I'm pretty strict, I guess, you know. Good thing he serves the Lord. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. But you know what? Our lifestyle has gotten on him. He watches TBN all the time. He, every time he watches John Hagee, he tells me, do you know that's John Hagee? I go, yeah, Dad, I know. That's his son. I know that's his son. He tells me about it. But, you know, uh, he, he loves God. Well, I was raised in the Catholic Church to love God. I went to catechism. I was raised very strict. But I needed more in my life. And I, I just said, I, did, I knew of God, but I didn't know him. I, I, needed, I needed to know him. And once I found him, there's nothing that shook me. I've never backslid. And Art's never backslid because this is our everything, our life, our livelihood, our everything that we are and want to be is in him. And we want people around us that are like that too. Um, so you got to realize that people have access into your life. Proverbs 17, 17, it's in the Amplified, says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. A true friend will stick with you through good times and bad times. This is me. That's not part of the scripture, but it's Proverbs 17, 17. But meaning what the scripture is saying is a true friend will be there no matter what you go through, through thick and thin, through hard times, through good times. You'll be there for each other. You don't walk away. If they're having problems or having situations, you stay with them. You upgird them. It's like how Moses, uh, they put a rock and they held up his arms. And when they held up his arms, the battle was won. If they let go of his arm, they were losing the battle. So they became friends to him. They stood with him through crisis, through things. And you stay with each other because you know that they can make it through that. You know it's just a season of their life because you know the word works. You ought to have some hope to give somebody. There's hope in me. You can't come to me with a problem that I don't have an answer. And it's not my answers. It's the word I'm going to give them. That's the, that's the advice I'm going to give them. That's the help I'm going to give them. That's the prayer I'm going to give them. It's going to be based on the word of God. It's going to be based by, uh, on what the Holy Spirit even speaks to me as I'm praying. Sometimes we pray for people and we'll get something in our spirit, a counsel, an advice, some guidance. Just different things that have happened to me in that way. And uh, so a friend loves at all times and a, bo- a, brother, a brother is born for adversity. So find true friends. I, I'll just take a minute here. You know, uh, you all know Ed and Sue, and they've been with us for over 40 years. And we weren't best friends when we first started associating with each other. We, huh? Ed and Art were, he says. We weren't. God did this, united us as friends. He did that white fervent love because we weren't, we had, we had such opposite views and things. Lots of the past, but it's over with and God's dead and gone. You know? But we stuck it out. You know, it was worth fighting for. It was worth standing for. No matter our differences and opinions, difference of life, we both had Jesus. So, you know, there was no reason not to grow and, and assist each other and help each other. So I appreciate them because they've been here with us, not just as members, but as good, dear friends. There isn't anything 
you know, scripturally that they wouldn't do for us and that we wouldn't do for them. We're there for each other. We've been for each other, you know, loss of parents, just on and on. We've been there for each other. Um, just things that I've, I've, you know, we've experienced together. And you, you don't throw that away. You don't walk away. Some people can just walk away from friendships that are good, godly friendships after years and years because of a, a mistake or something, whatever. I mean, <laughs> just to give you some, this is funny now. <laughs> but, you know, I, I'm, I'm German and Italian. That's it. German and Italian. Not Mexican. I know everybody thinks I'm Mexican because I married a Mexican. <laughs> Mexican. Mexican. But I, I married a Mexican, but I'm not Mexican. <laughs> okay. So Germans and Italians are very hot-headed. If you don't, if you don't know of any, Donna's waving her hand. <laughs> yeah, you're waving your hand back there. You know, they are hot-headed, and my parents were both. It was like, Shh. I didn't go, I didn't, I was not raised in a good home. They fought all the time, all the time, and uh, even when they were old, they fought. You know, and now he misses her. <laughs> go figure. <laughs> you know. You misses, you know, the companionship. That you, but you, you, that's all you got. You live with it, you know. But um, I remember one time we were at Mother's Beach. Joel was little. He was probably like three, and he's 41. So that just shows you how long ago this was. It's, it was uh, because, you know, you're, you're growing in things, and you're not always where you should be spiritually, emotionally, um, personality. And I don't even remember all the details, but we were at Mother's Beach in Long, in Long Beach. We used to go there a lot when the kids were small. We even did a water baptism there. And um, Ed and Art were harassing me somehow. I don't remember what they were doing. I, I, obviously, I had shoes on because I picked up my shoe in the water and threw it at Ed. <laughs> well, that could have been a reason to just say Sue could have got mad and yelled at me and he could have, but they didn't. You know, I don't, I don't know what they said, but I was so mad <laughs> for something that they were doing, him and Art. Oh, he wanted to throw me in the water. That's what it was. But, you know, <laughs> but I look back and say, you know what? Thank God, uh, you know, we, we've overcome. We've, we've matured. I don't, I don't fight with him now, you know. <laughs> I don't throw things at him. Anyways, I become a better friend. <laughs> I settled down. Okay. So the, the best investment into your future is a godly friendship. For you and your family. And you must guard what you allow, who you allow to speak into your life. Guard your home. Guard your life. That's so important. There's a lot of people in jail and prisons because of friends. Or, of, uh, or married wrong people and ended up in divorce. and All kinds of... Mur- I mean, you watch these things on Dateline. I'm saying, how in the world could they marry this person? And they end up killing them. You know, I don't get it. Because of wrong choices. That's what I'm saying. Friendships is one outside of Jesus and your partner. That's the next important decision you're going to make is the friends you choose. It's very important in your life. So um, Proverbs 11:14 says, "Where there is no wise, intelligent guidance, the people fall and go off course like a ship without a helm. But in the abundance of wise and godly counselor, there is victory. There ought to be counsel in your life through friends." through associates. They don't always have to be best friends or close friends, but people in your life should be giving you godly counsel. And you should be giving that also. Whatever I'm saying that they should give, you should give. I, I want to be a person that can give godly counsel, wise counsel. Uh, because when there's no guidance, you go astray. 
You need people that can steer you right and correct you. And those are important things. And, and speak into your life. And they, sometimes they can see things you can't see. Because they're, they're like step back from it. And you're right up on front. Like maybe somebody, I've had to do with some, this with some ladies. That guy is not good for you. Back, they can't see it. But, but many times because they've gotten involved sexually, so there's, there's a connection there that they don't want to let go of. But that's not going to make it, you know, later on. Let go now while you get out while you can. If that relationship is wrong or people are telling you, and I'm going to use that as an example again. He goes, oh, what did I do to deserve this? Because it just reminds me of this. When he was a teenager, I didn't know him, but he tells the story that his pastor, his friends, his parents, they all told him to get away from this girl, not Sue. Another girl. And he, did he listen? No. Because we don't always take wise counsel. He ended up marrying her, but it ended up in, in a divorce in a couple years, I believe, wasn't it? One year? Oh, one year. But then, praise God, that God brought him a wise counselor, a godly woman. <laughs> look, at, look at the, the offsprings and the grandchildren, see? You know, that's so important that you have godly seed and godly grandseed, grandseeds, <laughs> grandchildren. You know, you pass that on to generations after you. You're creating, that's so important what you're creating and what you're presenting. But see, I mean, he's told the story, so I'm not telling something that nobody knows. Maybe you don't know, I don't know. But anyways, but I, I said, thank God that, but here he had people telling him. If people are telling you, get away from that person, listen. Get away from that guy. Get away from that girl. It's, it's not to harm you. It's to help you. Yeah. Wise counsel is saying it helps guide you. It, it, do, it doesn't lead you astray. It protects you. So where there is no wise, intelligent guidance, the people fall and go off course like a ship without a helm. But in the abundance of wise and godly counselors, there is victory. Hallelujah. So you should be able to give counsel and lined up with the word that meets a person's needs in their moment of in their moments of needs. Uh, a friend will stimulate productive productivity and helping you to think right, to do right. So it's so important when we do give counsel that we give it based on the word of God and advice. Advice. Wisdom is a treasure of wealth. Godly counsel to help you out of your situations in the course of life. That's so important. If you're making major decisions, go to a leader, go to a pastor, go to those that you, you can trust their counsel. And say, am I making the right decision? Do you see anything that's wrong with this person in my life? I mean, nowadays, all you have to do is Google them. We couldn't do that a long time ago, but you can just Google them and find out what they're like. My thing is, do they go to church? Do they tithe? You know, do I want somebody in my life that doesn't even honor God? That robs God? Do I want somebody in my life that, that doesn't honor him? That's in friendships too. You know, I remember Wayne Meyer saying that he was in a car and uh, he asked the guy that was driving him. They were like in the jungles. And he says, do you tithe? He goes, no. He goes, I'm getting out. He goes, I'm safer in the jungles than I am sitting here with you and a non-tither. That's pretty hard, huh? Pretty strict. But see, it pays to live strict and live right and to honor God. How are you influencing others to think uh, about those? So think about those in your life. How are, you, how are you influencing them? What is your influence? 
I'm going to stop in a minute and just talk about somebody in our lives that was really important, was Bob and Cindy Harrison. Uh, when we were young pastors, young in marriage, young children, they were there for us. And you know what? We had to go after them. They weren't hunting us down. You think, why doesn't people come help me? No, you hunt down wisdom. The Bible says buy wisdom and sell it not. You go get it. You go pay for it. We paid to go to Tulsa. We paid to go to Hawaii. You know, we, we paid to go to Palm Springs. We had them at our church. Now, there's a picture of them. This is in 1988. Uh, I don't know what was happening with Art's hair, but <laughs> and his legs with his socks and shorts, real style. He was really... Well, they say fly. <laughs> and I'm taking the picture. But anyways, those are their girls. They're now grown and have children of their own. That's how close we got to them that we were in their home. They could trust us around their children. We traveled with them. One time their children flew with us to Hawaii. You know, and they were such wise counselors. We might not have been best of besties friends, but they were somebody in our lives that were important at that time. We needed that counsel for our marriage, for our church. We brought them to the church. I had her speak for the women. We had them at a marriage retreat many times. I mean, for years and years, the relationship was strong, and it was them helping us. And, I, and, and we would go to the Hawaii meetings and serve. I even spoke for her there in Hawaii. Art spoke many times at his Hawaii meeting. You know, we didn't go to speak, but they trusted us. They became close to us and saw the, what we had could benefit others also. But they were such an inspiration and such a help in our early life as ministers, as pastors, as parents, with children. We even had their children come and sit down and do a panel discussion one time. Because they were such beautiful kids, five of them. And and they were raising them in the way of God. And they're all serving the Lord today. Isn't that awesome? So they were a a great help for us. Now, Cindy um, passed away in in 2000. And that was a great loss to to the body of Christ. You know, she was a wonderful, wonderful woman. It says the older women should counsel the young women. She was a wise counselor. She was a help for women in marriage because she had a time when she didn't love her husband. And, and, she's, and he was a Christian. He was a wealthy businessman. He had a big business here. He was on TBN. And she said the Lord told her to sit down and write something that was good about him. She said it took her a long time. And she wrote, and, she, and Bob says, to this day, I don't know what she wrote. <laughs> but you know what? It turned their marriage around. Because she finally said, i got to find some good in this man. He's a believer. But their marriage was falling apart. And they were candid to share those secret, special things of what they went through. And it, it, it assisted us. It helped us so much. I think that how instrumental they were in our life to help us in our marriage, to help us raising our sons. Thank God, God brought us somebody like that that were ahead of us, so to speak, succeeding in their marriage, succeeding raising their children that we could draw from. Friends don't always have to be, you know, not calling you every day and knocking at your door. They don't, you don't have to be with them 24-7. But there's somebody in your life who make an impact that changed your life. And then through that, I used to have her at my women's meetings and I was able to take the things that I learned from her and teach it to other women. I believe a friend should share things with you and help you, but you can take it and share it where you go. It's vital information and wisdom that you can carry to others. So they were so important in our lives. Um, Those close to you should challenge you 
to live by faith and walk in integrity. Where, you, uh, where can you meet these kind of people, you wonder? Here's where you meet them. It's even biblical. Hebrews 10.25. Not forsaking our meeting together as believers for worship and instruction as it is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more faithfully as you see the day of Christ's return. To get into the house of God. This is where you can find fellowship and wisdom and counsel and guidance. People go through problems and they, you, you find and you, you don't see them for a few weeks. They say, what happened? Oh, I was going through something. Well, don't go through it alone. Get in here. Get, get under the Get protected. Get, get encouraged. Get into the body of Christ. Be a part of those surrounding you with faith. They're not going through it. So they're going to be there to encourage you and build you up. That, hey, everything's all right. You can make it. You can do it. Don't give up. So all that's so important is don't go to the, do not forsake yourselves. The scripture says to assemble together, to go to meetings together. This is the amplified version. To worship together. The local church is a place of accountability. It's a place to develop friendships, a place to serve the Lord with your gifts and talents, a place to honor God with your finances, a place to bring those family members and people that you went to the Lord to be discipled. This is your house. Your family, and you need to be a part of it, and, and, and stay with it. Don't don't get, don't let go. One uh, statement I never forgot that Lester Summerall said. He says the first banana to leave the bunch gets peeled. That's deep. You don't even get it. If you walk away, you leave. You're going to get attacked, and you're going to be out there all by yourself. You're not going to have any uh, backup. You don't have no cavalry to come and help you and save you and protect you. Stay in there. Stay hooked up. That's wise counsel. God pours into us to give heavenly advice on earthly circumstances. Uh, some, uh, some, like Lester Summer, he was a landmark. And we still receive from his counsel and guidance. We don't throw that away. Oh, he's gone. We don't need that anymore. We need those men and women that have gone before us have paved the way, that have lived the right life. Oh, what a, thank God we had him in our life when he was alive. Sometimes we don't appreciate those who are around us until they're gone. We had him at our church. We went to his meetings. We sowed into his Feed the Hungry. And just, you know, and the things, I got to travel with him. He went all the way to, I was 1982 because I didn't go because I was pregnant. And Art went, and he, he got to go with him to China and the Philippines and, and Japan and Korea. It was life-changing for him. So if you have the access to go with somebody to, to, to minister, to be a part of that. I've, Sue and I have traveled with Marilyn Hickey. Life-changing these people in our lives. I'm not with her right now, but it was a time in my life where I received and just absorbed so much, learned so much. Learn how to minister in other countries. We went with her to Russia. We went with her to England. I got to carry her coat to a, at a meeting. And how awesome. Daisy Osborne. I knew her. I knew her. She laid hands on me. I drove her in meetings. How precious are the feet of those that bring good news. These people were precious in our lives. These are people that are in the history book, so to speak. They're, they're our legacy. She, her and her husband, now gone to be with Jesus. We were young, but we sat at their feet and learned and grew. 
And it's never left us because of that impartation. When you have impartation, it never leaves you. It's a seed in your life, and it keeps you. That's why I won't quit. Because those that have gone before me have paved the way and shown me what a wonderful life this is. I would never back away from God. And I've had examples, and I'm so thankful for the years we had with these men and women that have spoken to our lives. I call them friends because of what they gave to us. We, they knew our name. We knew their name. That's to me, a, it may not be a bestie, but, you know, it was still somebody in our lives. And I, I didn't I'd get this emotional to talk about all this. I'm like, gosh. But I guess that's why I was praised so much last night in my sleep when I was awake. Because I, was, I wasn't thinking about all these I'm telling you, but I was thinking about Bob and Cindy for one thing, especially even in our lives. But so many that God has brought our way. And I remember years ago, we lived in a little house in Downey. And we went to the Secrets of Intercession that Billy Brim put on, which were life-changing, I'm telling you. That's like when Pastor Art gives these Holy Ghost meetings. They're going to be life-changing. You don't see a lot of people flocking to Holy Ghost meetings. You don't even see a lot of Holy Ghost meetings. But the Holy Ghost is alive and well and active in those that will allow him to move in them. But you, sometimes you don't know the man you have that sits before you. You don't recognize this gift in this man, the prophet's mantle. People outside recognize it. They honor him and speak highly of him when he goes places. But when sometimes you become so familiar with the body, you don't appreciate what you have, what you sit under. You really don't. And uh, I've, I've just seen how he's just grown and absorbed. When Dr. Refrain was alive, he kept imparting to him, kept imparting to him. And, you know, he, he received of that. Brother Copeland has been instrumental and, and Gloria Copeland in our lives. They're still here with us. Thank God we still have them with us. You should go to their conferences and meetings. I don't care what it costs. Buy wisdom. Don't sell it. Buy it. Whatever it takes to get off work, take your vacation and go to their conferences. The things we've learned from those two people is just awesome. I had her speak for me. Can you imagine? Were you there? Is that it? No, Sue was there. I know Sue was there. But you know what? Gina was there. There's a few of us, Donna, a few of us that were there. But how awesome was that, that this great woman of God spoke for me. And I can remember the message. It was called Choose Life. And that's the first message I put on my radio program was the message that she gave. Because I wanted the world, my world, to hear her. And she got to minister to people that would never listen to a word of faith person. But they loved it because it's truth. You can't deny truth. But to have that kind of a platform here in Southern California to bring the word to people of all different religious backgrounds and to get the word of life in them. That was so instrumental during those years when I had that opportunity on KFSG, which is now, they no longer exist. But, uh, you know, God opened doors for me. And I know it's because of the, the seeds I sowed, the life I live, and because of the people I associated with. That took me to where I went. That took me to Paris. That took me to all over the world, South Africa. You know, I've been to many countries. But because we were faithful to the men and women, we knew. You know, we went to, with Jim Andrews. He's gone to be with the Lord also. We went there and spoke for him and did a singles conference in um, Peru. Right, Peru? Guatemala, Guatemala. Peru is Jim, is Jim Andrews. He's still alive. 
uh, and he's still doing a great work there. But if you can take a vacation and go where somebody's doing something great, go. Um, that's why we are under, uh, um, what do you call it? <laughs> Jesse Duplantis, thank you. Because this man and woman, Kathy and Jesse, are such awesome people. They are genuine. We've had dinner with them, lunch with them. We've spent time with them. We've been on their plane. We're so honored that they would entrust us to sit with them and travel with them. And I know if we had more time, they'd, they'd take us all over with them. But, you know, we have a, a, a job and a duty here, so we don't try to overdo it. You know, we try to be cautious and careful of how much time we spend away. But there's time when we do need to go. We need to feed ourselves to feed you. And that's important. We're bringing the water we receive. We're bringing it to you. So don't remove the landmarks. Take hold of them. Keep them. Uh, uh, Keep them before you. Keep their words in your mouth. Proverbs 18.4 says, The words of a man's mouth are like deep waters, copious and difficult to fathom. The fountain of a mature godly godly wisdom is like a bubbling stream, sparkling fresh, pure and life-giving. Isn't that amazing that words can give life? That's so powerful. I want to be around people that give words of life. Uh, 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 this is a, I'm going to give you some more scripture. Proverbs, Proverbs is filled with scriptures on your, uh, friendships and marriage and anything you need in life is in the book of Proverbs. And um, I remember when Brent was little, he used to like me to go, when, put, when he went to bed, he liked me to go lay, sit there with him and rub his head. Do you remember that? You remember. <laughs> and I used to read Proverbs to him every night because there's 31 of them. You could read one a day. Just think, one a day, if you read one a day, the wisdom you'd be walking in. And I used to read them to him every night. And then I would speak them over him. I'd take some of those scriptures out of whatever chapter I was in and I'd speak it over him. Guiding his course. How important. I didn't do it for Joel. I don't know. He was older, you know, three and a half years older. He didn't want me sitting there when he went to bed. But Brent wanted me there. He wanted to hear the word. And we used to sometimes play tapes for him when he was going to sleep at night. So, you know, that's so important to keep uh, train up a child in the way that they should go. So that when they're old, they won't depart from it. They can't. They can't depart from the seed that's in them. And even those that have departed have to return. They must come back to the God of their mother and father. They'll never leave. It's in their heart. And they will come back. But you know what takes them away? And I've seen it in our older son. Friends. Friends took our son Joel away. His friends in church weren't here anymore. They all had left. They all had gone to college. They left. He didn't have the friendships in the word that he needed. Brent stayed hooked up with people in church. And that was a big difference. During those times growing up, he, his best friends were church friends. And that's why it's so important that they stay connected and hooked up. Uh, but, okay, let me see. Proverbs 20, verse 5 and 7. I haven't read that yet, right? Uh, let me read it to you. A plan, motive, wise counsel in the heart of a man is like water in a deep well. But a man of understanding draws it out. Many a man proclaims his own loyalty and goodness. But who can find a faithful and trustworthy man? The righteous man who walks in integrity and lives life in accord with his godly belief. How blessed, happy, and spiritually secure are his children after him who have his example to follow. Awesome. Our children should be able to follow our example. Our grandchildren, our family members should be able to follow our example. 
Can people follow your lifestyle? Whew. Uh, now that, uh, you know, you're kind of being put on the examining table, I'm making you think, I hope. I hope you're thinking about those that are around you and those that you're around. What are they doing? Is, is it a good investment? If you saw an investment in, and you said, ah, oh, that's a pyramid, you wouldn't invest into it. You'd say, oh, I'm out of here because that's going to waste money. I'm going to lose money. But if you saw a wise investment that's making money, you'd go for it. Same with a friendship. Is it a wise investment? Are they good for your life? Are they good for your children or grandchildren? Are, are, they, are they damaging? I don't want to be people around me that are damaging. I mean, you know, I'll minister to those that are damaged and sick, but I'm not going to bring them close into my life and livelihood and lifestyle and my home. Can people follow your lifestyle? So don't plant a seedless garden by putting words in your life and mouth that can't produce anything. Don't, again, don't put a seed, don't put a, a, a plant, a seedless garden. Make sure the garden you're planting with your words can be planted and grow and produce something for your life. Produce things for you. And you cannot put the word in without, as the Bible says, that it, it doesn't come back void. Whatever you put in, it, it, it will produce. It, the word is not void. It's full of seeds. It's full of fruit. It's full of a harvest. You can't go wrong putting the word in. So why would you want to associate with people that don't want the word? If they reject your God, why would you want them in your life? I don't want people in my life if they don't want to worship God, if they don't want to serve God. Sure, I love them. Sure, I'll minister to them. But they're not going to be my best friend. They're not going to be close to me. If they don't receive our counsel, let them go. Because, I, you know, what I have is godly advice, godly counsel. I'm not going to deviate from that. I'm not going to give them counsel based on the trends or what's on social media. I don't care. I'm going to base it on the word of God. So, again, can people follow your lifestyle? The word says, choose life in order that you may live. It says, you and your descendants. That's in Deuteronomy 30, but it, it's you choose life for you and your descendants. Is that amazing? That's generations after you. I'm not just choosing for me. I'm choosing for generations ahead of me. My children's children's children. I'm choosing a godly lifestyle for all of us. The word says to choose it. You choose that life. You have to choose it. You have to decide today, who, who, who am I going to choose? I've said this for years. As for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. And I want people standing next to me that say, as for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. That's why I could stand with Ed and Sue, because they've chosen God for their household and for their grandchildren. And eventually, great-grandchildren. Someday, down the future. <laughs> Jennifer and Jennifer goes, long time away. <laughs> but you know what? They'll choose for them, too. They'll make right choices that will affect them. So can you trust a friend with your life? If not, then you need to find a new friend. Let them go. Proverbs 27, 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens and influences another through, uh, through discussion. You sharpen each other. You ought to be able to sharpen each other. You ought to be able to give scriptures to each other and encourage each other and, and be a sharpener and help sharpen. Because a sharp... Blade can tear down anything. <laughs> you can destroy any situation you're facing. So find somebody that, can, that sharpens you and helps you to serve God. Not somebody that encourages you to walk away from God. Ah, let's go party. Let's go do this. Let's go out here. Let's, you know, let's mess around. Let's do that. No, no. Uh-uh. Step, 
Jesus said, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. <laughs> Sometimes you've got to get that strong. A true friend sees things others don't see. They will protect you. A true friend is someone who should be able to endorse uh, your lifestyle and you can endorse their lifestyle. So we're talking about change. So change in relationships can be uncomfortable, but will bring long-term success. If they won't choose to serve your God, then how can you find friendship in their lifestyle? Now, I'm going to read you a long scripture, but this is a most powerful scripture. Most powerful. It's 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 17. So hold on while I read it. But it says, Do not be unequally bound together with unbelievers. Do not make mismatched alliances with them, inconsistent with your faith. For what partnership can righteousness have with um, lawlessness? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and Belial, Satan? Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God, just as God said, I will dwell among them and walk among them and uh, them, and I will be their God and they shall be my people. So come out from among unbelievers and be separate, says the Lord, and do not touch what is unclean and I will graciously receive you and welcome you with favor. I always thought of this as people dating unbelievers, but to me... Now that I've gotten older and matured, I realize it's even friendships. Anybody. It's not just a mate. It's anybody you associate with. I, this is scripture, so if you didn't like what I said, what do you think what God Jesus said, hey? You know what the Lord said. This, is, this means come out from among. He's telling you, separate yourself. Stop it. I know a lot of you don't like this because you don't want to. It's comfortable. It's easy. You know them. They know you. You can be yourself. But you're not really being yourself. You're being a false representation of yourself. If you're associating with people that don't have the same likes as you like. It doesn't mean they have to go to your church, but they ought to go to church. They ought to serve God. Gosh, I, I, can't, I, I, just, I can't imagine having somebody in our home that doesn't believe like we believe. I mean, even in our home, we don't... Well, I'll get there after. I better stop. I'm getting ahead of myself. I've got to stop. I'm going to stop that. Uh, I'll say that after. Okay, I'm going to get done here. Today's society, there's a hard pill. Well, I'm getting there to swallow and it's time for believers to separate themselves from worldly living it's time we want the blessings of god we want the favor of god we want the life of god but we don't want to separate from the world you're not gonna you know if they want what you have let them come to you let them let them see the life of god be a light shining to them that this is the life they ought to live there's nothing like it so we've got to let go of that uh so this is my last question so i said i'm gonna get to that i'll get to it here this is something that our, Pastor Art and I have lived by over 45 years. And I'm going to read this scripture to you. Oh, you're going you're to not like it, but it's the truth. It's scripture. Proverbs 20, verse 1. Wine is a mocker. Strong drink is a riotous brawler. And whoever is intoxicated by it is not wise. Right. Talking about wisdom. Talking about walking wisely. There you go. Now, some of you may be a part of that. Maybe you hang around people that drink. They're sipping saints out there, but it's not, not according to the word of God. And that's a hard pill to swallow. It's a hard thing to say. But that's where I said, Pastor Art and I have 
never, never, never drank one drop of alcohol since we've been saved. Never. I haven't missed anything. I've missed disease, whatever, bad liver, on and on, loss of wages, loss of money, maybe accidents. Who knows what I've missed? I haven't missed anything good. I, don't, I, I can still have fun without drinking. I mean, the world has us so blinded. Every commercial is when they're drinking and, and every movie and every TV show they're drinking all the time. But it's not real. It's tea. So, you know, or water. It's not real. But they make it think like, oh, that's the thing to do. It's not the thing to do. It's the thing to destroy your life. So we are so strict about it. We do not allow drinking or smoking in our home. We don't allow people to stay with us that are living together, sleeping in the bed together. No, no, not in our home. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. So nobody drinks at our house. Christmas, no, 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 no drinks. No, not in my house. They don't even ask or they don't even think about it now because we, they know. They know our standard. We have a standard. It's our home. I'm going to get ready to have a family reunion with my Albanos. And I already told them, I'll have it. But as long as you know, there'll be no drinking or smoking allowed in our home. I take a stand. I won't do that. I had a family member that divorced their husband and married in uh, an adulterous relationship. So we, we didn't take our kids for Christmas. No, I won't be a part of that. I'll not be a part of, the, of, of people, you know, sinning and know better and living ungodly. I'm not going to expose my children to that. I don't believe in those things. So I may be selective. That's okay. I got Ed and Sue. <laughs> You know what? I got Jesus. He's, he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother, too. He's my best friend. He's the love of my life. I got my husband. I don't need those things. And you may not like this message because you say, ooh, you, that's not right. Oh, you know, you can think you can drink all you want. But look at the scriptures. It's wrong. It's wrong to drink. I'm going to read that scripture one more time. It's my last scripture. Maybe it stay with you. Proverbs 20, verse 1. Wine is a mocker. Strong drink is a riotous brawler, and whoever is intoxicated by it is not wise. And I'm determined I'm going to walk in the wisdom of God. I don't need it. I don't have it. I don't have booze in my house. I don't have beer. I don't have anything. You look, now you're going to tell me, Jesus drank the fruit of the vine. Yeah, grape juice. That's the fruit of the vine. It's not alcohol. They take that one scripture and twist it to make it... Uh, Think they can go by that. It's interesting how they'll twist that, but they don't twist and believe in tithing. They twist what they want to twist to meet their uh, convictions. Let our, what are our convictions be based on the word of God and live by, holy and righteous before that? And then, you know what? God will bring the right people in your life. He'll be bring, bring people of like precious faith that will honor him. Oh, what a great life we live. Good friends will create great change. So let's, you know, today, just self, get on the self-examining table and say, what is in my life that I need to cut out? Well, maybe I need to sit down and get some counsel or some advice because something isn't going right here. And if it's not, it's because something you're doing, not something God's doing. You know, if something isn't, and I, things are going right for us. We're living holy and righteous. We're seeing the word of God work in our behalf. I'm enjoying the fruits of my labor. I'm enjoying uh, the, the marriage I have, the children I have. The grandson I have, my daughter-in-law. You know what? Jesse Duplantis, and I'm going to share this, as he told us about three years ago, that everything would be restored to us that that Satan had taken. And the first thing I thought of, 
God restore to us a daughter-in-law. Isn't that awesome? See, what Satan stole, God's restored. He will be good to his word. We receive you in our family. It's awesome. Good job. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, sometimes our children make choices, but you've got to just pray for them that they'll make right choices. That their hand is, that they'll be led of the Lord making those choices. I can pray and believe, you know, they don't know that it's God in it. <laughs> Praise God. Well, glory, I did pretty good. I'm only five minutes late, but <laughs> not too bad. So, again, that's Proverbs 20, verse 1. So get that and write that one down. Because in today's society, you could say everybody drinks. Not, not everybody. I don't drink alcohol. And I'm serious. You may say, oh, never, 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 never. Brandon, have you ever seen alcohol in our home? What? Rubbing alcohol, he said. <laughs> That's possible. But he knows. They don't open the refrigerator and see. They, oh, oh, that's in case people come over. Oh, no. They're coming over and drinking in my house. See, that's how strong I am about this. And other things, too. But that one, to me, is so important because it, it's such a... Um, even in the church world, people think it's okay to drink now. And that came over from Australia because there's churches there that think it's okay to drink because they start drinking, I think, like at 16 or something, 17. It's legal. And it's in the church. And we've allowed it to seep here into this church, not meaning personal church, but the Church of America. We've allowed it to seep in and say it's okay. It's not okay. It's not, God didn't change his mind. It's not okay with God. All his principles are yes and amen. So glory to God. I just believe this has stirred you, encouraged you. Don't get mad, get glad. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. I'm, I'm going to say a prayer. Is there anything you want to add, Pastor, before we close? If you were encouraged by today's message and believe it would be uplifting to others, then be sure to rate us and hit subscribe. To experience more of Heritage, visit us at www.heritageff.org. Again, thank you for listening to the Heritage Podcast today. And remember, Jesus is Lord.